And um, I guess it was whatever year Greece came out, maybe 79, we went to see Greece. And um, I loved the music. I always loved music. I knew from a young age I wanted to be a rock star, which is why I'm making podcasts as a self-love coach. Um, that's another story. But uh, so Sandra D, the movie, I loved it. I loved the music. But at the end of that fucking movie, when she walks up in her red shoes and her spandex pants and her black shirt and her leather jacket and her red lips and her black eye makeup and her fucking hoop earrings and her curly blonde wig and takes a drag of that cigarette and says, tell me about it, stud. I saw that and I was like, oh, yes, that is what I want to be. You have found the place to be. This is the Self-Love Peddler Show. I'm Sophie McCallum, your personal self-love peddler. Please leave the single narrative, airbrushed, beauty bot images you have been forced fed at the door. Here we examine our relationship with our bodies and the many shapes and nuances our bodies have. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Welcome to the journey. Hey, it's Sophie. Welcome back. I'm a little nervous today. And um, one trick I use when I'm nervous, first of all, being nervous is fucking cool because if you're nervous, it means you're stepping outside of your comfort zone. If you wake up and you're just like going through your day, blah, 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 you don't notice. But when you're nervous and you have that like it's actually called a mind-gut axis. It's why you like shit yourself over and over. Not yourself, but you go to the bathroom a lot when you're nervous. <laughs> you don't shit yourself. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I love that I can talk this way on my podcast because Instagram gets mad and buries me if I curse. We'll talk about that another day. So when you're nervous, it brings your awareness to your intention, to your plans, to what you're going to do that day. So yes, I'm a little nervous today. It's a good thing. And one of the tips I use when I feel this way, when you're entering into a situation, my palms are even sweating right now, um, is to let the universe go in before you. Some people say, let God go in before you. God is a seriously triggering word for a lot of people. I use the word universe. You use whatever it works for you. Let the spirit of your children, let whatever, just let something in before you that's going to keep you safe, that's going to encompass you. I had to have a really hard conversation the other day. And throughout the conversation, I literally felt the universe, if you will, what I choose to identify as helping me, around me like a, almost like a gel, like I was in, uh, like I was the buried stapler in the office, you know, when Jim puts Dwight stapler in the, in the jello and it's just like Googling around. That's the way I felt, like I wasn't alone. I was con I was contacting that sounds so arrogant. I was engaged I was contacting the spirits. No. I was engaged in the energy of the universe. Is that less arrogant? Probably not, but it's accurate. And it allows me to not be an asshole. It allows me to check in with someone before I open my mouth. It allows me to feel safe and loved, and it's a good thing. So, on to that, the universe and I are here a little bit nervous. And so I've come to see life and how we are as kind of two states, fear and love. I, have, I had a little fear today, right? A little bit of nerves. But by identifying them 
And using tools, I was able to really love myself out of that fear. And I'm going to do a whole episode on handling fear with love and self-love. But for today, let's just talk about fear and love, the two kind of basic states. And obviously, there are so many nuances in the human experience and emotions, but this is not a podcast about that. So we're going to dumb it down to fear and love. And I try really hard to resonate in a place of love and self-love. And it's a work in progress, and I'm proud of it, and it's the foundation of my business. So I'm going to tell you kind of how I got here and the story of how I got here, which was through a fuckload of fear. And fear was the state that I resonated in at least half of my, more than half of my life by the time I had reached 40. So again, today I've created this life. I vibrate primarily in a state of love, but we're going to talk here about the fear and the pain that led up to that. And there was such an obvious shift for me um, that I now consider such a blessing that I, I kind of like had to make this my purpose, you know, like my meaning was to find and uncover the power of love and self-love. And my purpose has been to share it and continues to be to share it. Hello, wonderful, worthy, self-loving women. I'm thrilled to introduce you to my newest course, Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. There's a gold medal in being you waiting for you. Are you ready to accept it? This course is about the ever-evolving process of self-love and self-discovery. If fully embraced just like self-love, it is endless and can deliver boundless results. Through this course, you will find yourself living fully as your greatest you. In Flourish and Fly, my introductory course, we talk about learning to love ourselves. We learn to see that we are worth the gold. Here we take action. Here we grab that gold medal. Remember, you can achieve a silver trying to be someone else, but only you have the right to your gold, to your unique glory. Join me inside of Mastering Your Love Centers through conscious, compassionate self-love and grab your gold. It's already yours for the taking. Are you ready? Join me. Your time is now. So the other thing about sharing pain and fear is that I am a firm believer that the most growth, as I said, being nervous today means I'm doing something. When you're in a place of fear and pain is really when you learn the most, particularly when you come out on the other side and look back. But when you're in it, you're learning. So please know that if you find yourself in fear and you're struggling to get out of it, there is a reason. There is a purpose behind your fear. And it, if you can just keep going, that purpose, I promise you, will make itself clear. So I'm going to do a little, So what's her name? Sophia Borelli from the Golden Girls. Picture this. New York City, 1974. <laughs> so that's when I was born. Um, Gerald Ford was president. I asked Alexa this morning to confirm that. And I said, Alexa, who was the president of the United States in 1974? And she said, the closest information I have is that Richard Nixon was president in 1969. And then I was like, fucking Alexa, seriously? Like, that's the best you can give me, that Nixon was president in 1969? So I, I said all of this out loud to Alexa because, of course, you know, I'm having conversations with Alexa like any normal person in, in 2022. And um, all I after I said it, my son just goes, 69. Oh. So like, <laughs> we're operating from a super highbrow home. Anyway. I grew up in New York City, 1974. I was brought home from the hospital 
without a car seat in my mother's arms in the front seat the way it was done back then and um, brought home to our apartment on East 62nd Street where my parents still reside today. The way I talked about that jello around the stapler, that's the way love was growing up. I just had the most loving parents ever. My childhood had ups and downs, but love was so fucking constant. Like it's it's just, I, I've come to understand as an experienced adult that that's not true for everybody. And I am so thankful for that foundation. Um, my dad is best known as the man from uncle. He's a, a TV star. He was very successful in the sixties as the man from uncle, Ia Kiriakin. And, um, when I was growing up, he was doing a lot of off, off Broadway and guest stars on shows like murder. She wrote and heart to heart and all that stuff. And when I was growing up, people would come up to us and be, didn't you used to be David McCallum? And my father would be like, actually, I still am. But it was a very interesting way to grow up with a movie star, TV star um, parent. Because like my dad was literally so, I have a, a list of like heartthrobs from the year, it was like 1963. And he's number one. And like Elvis and Cary Grant are at the bottom. Like my dad was a big fucking deal back then. And um, he couldn't walk down the street. And once he was in Macy's and they had to close like two blocks off around Macy's to get him out safely. But in my lifetime, it was didn't you used to be. And I watched him be that and be that with confidence and happiness and be thankful for everything he had been and just keep going. Talk about just keep going. When you're in a profession where you peak in the beginning and you got to keep going and you got to pay the mortgage and you got to pay for private schools and you got to keep the roof over your head. That shit is not easy. It's not easy for anyone, but you've got other people coming up to you and sort of comparing you to your past very publicly. And um, it never was like a negative to him. It wasn't until I got older and he got a job in his 80s or no, in his 70s, in his 70s on NCIS which is a huge hit on CBS, that he sort of had this newfound success. And I got to see him again at this peak of his, the second peak of his career. But he's the same guy and he's been the same guy consistently through. My mom and dad met on the set of a shoot, I think it was for Glamour. My mom was a Glamour girl, cover girl. She grew up in a super Norman Rockwell world and was so small when she was little that they would give her like appetite shakes to make her grow. And, uh, all of a sudden she shot up and was like 5'10 and thin, like the 60s body, all legs and a beautiful face. So she was the glamour cover girl. And they got the two men from Uncle, Robert Vaughn and my father, a brunette and a blonde, for those of you who most of you probably aren't familiar because this show was a long fucking time ago. They got a blonde and a brunette model to model with the blonde and brunette actors. My dad was the blonde. My mom was the brunette. And they met on Park Avenue South in the 30s. I'm ashamed. I don't know the address um, because they talk about it a lot. Uh, and it was a complicated time for my father. Personally, he was already married. He had three kids. Um, his marriage was not a happy one. My mother was young and involved with someone else. And it was a long courtship and it was complicated, but they made it work. They fell in love and they got married. They had my, my father, again, I have, I have brothers from my dad's first marriage. 
And um, my parents had my brother Peter in 1970 and me in 1974. I'm extremely close to my brother. We are, I would say our biggest flaw is that we're so fucking similar that like sometimes we are just like napalm together. It's just like, rah. but I love him. And if anybody fucks with him, I'll kill them. <laughs> it's a little aggressive, but it's true. Growing up, we lived, they still live in an apartment with like this long hallway and all the rooms were off the hallway. It's pretty narrow, like maybe three feet wide. Um, and my brother and I played football in that hall every day after school. Hut one, hut two, hike. And he'd hike me the ball, I'd grab it. And then I had to get past him and touch the wall at the end. And we did this for hours and he was just fucking great. Peter, if you're listening, you're great. You were great when we were little. You're kind of a pain in the ass now, but I still love you and I'm thankful for every moment with you. So we did a lot of football. We did a lot of wrestling. I thought I had this like, The Hulk was a big TV show at the time. And I thought that I had this like Lou Ferrigno ability to like Hulk out and beat my brother. But in hindsight, he probably let me win. But I'm still not totally convinced. Somewhere inside of me, it's very Sophie. Somewhere inside of me, I'm still convinced that like he was four years older than me um, and had the upper body strength of a man. And I still fucking kicked his ass. But um, so that was my immediate family. Um, we went to private schools. I hated my school uh, starting in about fourth grade. It was fine up until then. Um, life was good, kind of. But I, there was always something, not always, but I would say around that fourth grade time. I don't know what was going on hormonally or whatever, but I started to just kind of not have that Lou Ferrigno quality that I had so loved in myself as a kid. I would, when I was younger, I'm going to digress a little bit, but my father did a lot of summer stock theater in Maine. So in the summers, we would travel to Maine and eat. I feel like all we did was eat lobsters drenched in butter. It was so much fun, you know, on the side of the road in the 70s. And so, but my father would need to prep before his performances. So he had matinees, he had evening performances. It was a lot. And he had his wife and his kids and we were in, you know, little hotel suites all over Maine. And um, so my mother would take us to the movies a lot in the middle of the day. And my parents always let us curse. Like we could always watch R-rated everything. So like I remember going to like Richard Pryor movie, like just like stuff that was a little bit um, other parents would think was inappropriate, but I thought was fabulous. And um, I guess it was whatever year Greece came out, maybe 79, we went to see Greece. And um, I loved the music. I always loved music. I knew from a young age I wanted to be a rock star, which is why I'm making podcasts as a self-love coach. Um, that's another story. But uh, so Sandra D, the movie, I loved it. I loved the music. But at the end of that fucking movie, when she walks up in her red shoes and her spandex pants and her black shirt and her leather jacket and her red lips and her black eye makeup and her fucking hoop earrings and her curly blonde wig and takes a drag of that cigarette and says, tell me about it, stud. I saw that and I was like, oh, yes, that is what I want to be. If you are craving to go deeper on your self-love and body love journey, please join me inside my private Facebook group, The Self-Love Shack. We meet once a week to continue our discussions and go deeper. You can also check out my self-love courses and coaching options at selflovepeddler.com. Follow the link in the show description for more details. I leave you with this. 
the only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Sending you peace.